what's going to be? How's it hanging? How's it happening? You guys know who this is. This is Kevin from the Card Progression Podcast. Hey, everybody. We are closing out on January with January 24th being the day that this is released. So how you doing today? How's everybody doing? Because I'm energetic as hell and I am feeling fantastic because the podcast that you're about to listen to Oh boy, this is going to be one of those bands that you need to watch out for and potentially is going to be one of those bands in 2023 that's going to have that like Bad Omens moment from 2022 or that Spirit Box moment from 2021. Like this easily has the potential to be that for this band and I can't wait for you guys to listen to this one. Before we go into the, I want to thank our sponsor for this episode, which is Phoenix Fitness. So yes, we are in January and you know, those winter, like new year, you know, beginning of the year tours, they're coming up. They're going to be here and you want to be mosh pit fit, right? Well, that's what I'm calling it because I always go into pits like crazy. You know, if there's a show, there's a pit. I'm like, ooh, must, must go. I mean, must throw down, of course. So how do I make sure I do this every single show? I hit the gym a shit ton. I'm always doing a bunch of cardio, lifting weights. Like I am not stopping. But I need to make sure that my body is prepared right and is recovering right so that I can continue to go to the gym and do these things every single day so that I can continue to mosh as much as I want every single show because I don't jump out of those pits. So what do I do to prepare and recover right? Phoenix Fitness helps me out with a lot of that. They have many different types of supplements to help you achieve your fitness goals for preparing and recovering your body before and after workout. They have different pre-workouts, stim and stim-free style workouts. I use the stim-free stuff because, guys, this is my energy normally, like over the top, like crazy. I don't need any extra caffeine, so I use their stim-free stuff. They also have different B-Sibly recovery compounds to help your body absorb nutrients post-workout. They also have uh, protein shakes and protein powders you used to take. Um, they have whey protein, which is what I use. Uh, collagen style protein, plant-based protein, different flavors as well. They have different types of creatine, multivitamins, literally anything you might need to achieve your fitness goals, Phoenix Fitness has for you. Our listeners can get 20% off using the code CPP20 at FNXFit.com to help get Mosh Pit Fit. The link is in the description of the podcast. The promo code's down there as well. Thank you, Phoenix Fitness. Now in our feature presentation, you have heard their hit song from 2022, either if it was on Octane, either if it was on any of the major streaming playlists, or if you were like me, at a show and in between sets, they always played this. Yes, it is Dial Tone by Catch Your Breath, and we have all four guys from Catch Your Breath on the podcast today. And on this one, we talk about what it was like going out on the road in 2022 with Attila. We also talk about, you know, taking care of your voice like we do with Elias from Nonpoint, but we go into a couple other things as well around Dial Tone. We go into the how it blew up, how it got so big. We go into what the guys experienced during that time. And we also talk about something that's fantastic when it leads into their new album that comes out at some point soon, which has apparently an insane feature on it that you're going to want to hear about. But we talk about the bands in the scene that are doing something new, fresh, and bringing more fans into rock and metal and are becoming those bands that are becoming those quintessential bands for the 2020s. We talk about why that is, what bands those are, and why Catch Your Breath has the mentality and the mindset to make sure that they are alongside that as well. So enough with me talking, enough with me with this intro. Let's get into it. Are you ready? Let's go! Yeah. Well, 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 ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, listeners of the Chord Progression Podcast, there is a 
high, high chance that you know of this band and you have heard one of their songs that blew up all over the place in 2022. If you've heard the song Dial Tone, whether it was on Sirius XM Octane, on your local radio station, or if you were like me and heard it literally every time you went to a show and in between each band set, the song played like at least once, you know exactly what it is. And these guys are coming to us live literally from the studio as they're tracking their first album. So I can't wait to talk all about it. So please, please welcome Josh, Teddy, Keenan, and O'Neill from the band Catch Your Breath to the podcast. So gentlemen, welcome to Core Progression Podcast. Hey What's up, guys? What's Thanks up? for having us. Thanks for having us, for sure. Thanks for being on, guys. How has everything been going for you guys, especially? I mean, like I said, you're in the studio, you're tracking this bad boy, you're starting it. I mean, how has everything been going on your end as, as we're recording this at the end of 2022, heading into what should be a great 2023 for Catch Your Breath? Man, it's... Uh... I, I don't know, especially these last probably, what, four months mm-hmm. have been insanely good to us. Uh, everything is going the way that we always hoped it would go. You know, dreams are coming to coming to life. Uh, got signed to Thriller, and now we're here recording our first album. Uh, had our first tour this year. It's been, 2022 was really good to us. I, I think I can speak for all of us. When I probably the oh, yeah, best a year could probably go and like, yeah, for for like a band like trying to make it, twenty twenty two is like the year that you always dream of having. Like, and everything just like lined Not up perfectly me. for us. And I'm, I think we're all super grateful to be where we're at right now. Absolutely. I mean, you take a I'll say you take a look at what happened in twenty twenty two, especially in the rock and metal scene. Of course, you know. Now we're pretty much clear post-pandemic stuff. Tours are completely back and people are still, you know, clamoring to go to shows. And when it came to a lot of bands 2022, I mean, you see the trajectory of some of these bands that have hit Bring the Rise and Still Always Consistently Rising. The absolute just continued growth of Spirit Box and Bad Omens just completely taking over and going absolutely nuts. There were so many yeah. other bands there too that continued to rise to the, like, you know, cream rise to the top or a rising tide raises all ships. So a lot of other bands were starting to finally get some recognition because there were so many eyes on the scene with how great some of these bands had been. And you guys absolutely took advantage of that with your first tour with Dial Tone heading into 2023. And that first tour, if I'm correct, it was the one with Attila and Tala, correct? Yeah, yeah dude. That was so fun. Like oh so, some of the most fun I think I've ever had in my life. That was great. Okay, now I got to hear some stories from this tour and how it all went because <laughs> if you're saying this is some of the greatest moments of your life, like I love story time. I love hearing some of the ridiculous shit you guys did or some of the crazy stories you have from tour. So just how did this whole entire tour turn out and what just stood out as those memorable moments for you guys? I mean, I mean, uh, for, for me, I'll let, I'll let everybody will answer a little bit for them. For me, it was more or less like I was finally there, you know, like I was finally touring. Uh, I was with some good friends because we know the guys in Attila, like we knew them outside of uh, just music and stuff. Uh, but we made really good friends with Bantala, <clears throat> a bunch of really, really nice, solid people in that band. Uh, I can't I can't say enough good things about Tala. Uh, the craziest thing, we're kind of we're kind of low key. We try to stay out of trouble. Uh, but we do, you know, we have we have an occasional drink here and there after the show. Maybe once or twice. Maybe a few times. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we, we, we have fun, but we try to keep pretty low-key, try to stay professional and be ready for the next show. Because, you know, we don't want to get so trashed in Cincinnati that we can't play Brooklyn the next day. Like, we can't even drive there. So not only are we missing Brooklyn, but we're probably going to miss Maryland, too. You know what I'm saying? 
so we try to keep ourselves in check that way uh but like the craziest thing that happened was just some of the stuff that happened when we were hanging out with the guys uh I'm, I'm not gonna go too deep into that but but like <laughs> like if you've been to an attila show we we there's we, no rules yeah we, show. there's absolutely no rules at an attila show and we got to see that for 18 days straight so <laughs> it was great you got to live in absolute lawlessness at Attila shows for three straight weeks and just enjoy every bit of it. But one thing you did say, Josh, is something that stood out to me from a podcast that I recently recorded like three days before this one with Elias from Nonpoint, where it came to, you know, you guys don't want to get trashed completely one night when you're playing it. Like, like you said, Cincinnati, and then you can't even make it to the Brooklyn show. Yeah. One thing that he, I ended up asking him was about advice for like, you know, other vocalists or like bands that are trying to make in like bands that are independent and one thing that he said was, don't be a fucking rock cliche where it's just, oh, you know, you go push, you go and party the next day and then you go to the next show and either you can't make it or you got so trashed the previous night that you put on an absolute subpar performance the next day. And yeah. then it's just like, you never know what kind of band you're getting. You want to make sure that you're delivering every step of the way consistently. But it's also, you guys are on tour. You're allowed to have fun, but you got to know when you can have fun and when it's time to That's be serious. That's the key. That's the key. I think, well, especially for me, because I'm a singer, and I think a lot of singers might be the same way. We we can't really go too crazy. We can't smoke a lot of weed or, you know, like snort a whole bunch of stuff or drink a whole lot. Our voice is our instrument. You know, whereas like the night before, Teddy can get super drunk and wake up and all he's got to do is make it through the set on his guitar he doesn't have to talk to anybody he literally can sit side stage the whole show come up grab his guitar play and go right back to what he was doing i have to engage the crowd i have to keep them interested i have to sing the songs uh so like especially if you're a singer unless you know you can do it like like franz <clears throat> franz literally takes no prep doesn't warm up i think he drinks water but i always saw him with a white claw so like some dudes, some dudes are just built different and they can do it. And if you can do that, that's cool. It's probably not the best thing for longevity, but who am I? Franz is still doing it 15 years later, you know? So, but for me and a lot of, a lot like Justin from Tala, we have to take really careful care of our voice. Cause we're, we're up there screaming every night and, you know, I do a lot of clean vocals too. Uh, but a lot of our music that we play live is heavy. And it's really demanding. And if I don't take the proper steps to make sure that I'm ready and continue to stay in like in an area where I'm not fatigued, uh, then tour is not, uh, you're probably going to have to end up canceling shows, letting a lot of kids down, losing money and probably end up pissing off your label. And before too long, there's a lot of good singers out there. So just keep that in mind. Just because you're a good singer, there's a whole lot of good singers out there. Just get on TikTok and scroll around. You'll find one real quick. So take care of your instrument is what I'll say. Don't go too crazy. Have a little bit of fun every night. Have one or two drinks. That's fine. But remember to drink your water and yep. do your warm-ups and everything else that makes you feel not only ready but comfortable. No, absolutely. And even when you said, you know, there's a bunch of other vocalists out there that are more than willing to take your spot. I mean, how many different vocalists in rock metal have been found in places that are like YouTube, TikTok and have been brought into bands and just have taken off? I mean, my prime example of that just off the top of my head is Danny Case with From Ashes to New being brought in all of a sudden. Yeah. See, look at where they're going with it. 
But you said it perfectly when it comes to, you know, again, you want to have fun, but you have to take care of yours. You have to take care of your vocals and you have to be mindful of that to the point where you don't want to miss shows. You don't want to put on these bad performances and all of a sudden have it become a consistent thing where now not only you guys, but just the whole entire band in general gets labeled as, you know, are they going to show up? Are we going to get a good show? Are we going to get a bad show? Yeah. Just you don't want to have that label of inconsistency put on you. And the fact that you have the mindfulness to take care of that, especially on a tour with Attila where rules are out the window and you kind of get to see how Franz is built completely differently. Oh, yeah, and does dude, his I vocal had prep, every just... opportunity to fuck myself up <laughs> on that tour. I had every opportunity in the world. But like you have to you have to be like, uh, you know, I'll drink a little bit tonight. I'll get. You know, I'll get a little bit of a buzz and then I'm going to call it quits after that because I know I got to wake up tomorrow and alcohol dehydrates you. You can't be dehydrated and sing. You have to be hydrated. If you're peeing yellow, you haven't drank enough water. No, you want your pee to be as clear as glass <laughs> yeah. or crystal or whatever the hell you want to call it as clear as. I was trying to think of something funnier, but my mind buffered real quick and I'm like, okay, go to something simple for that simile. Just go for it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll say, well, about the rest of you guys, I mean, if I'm hearing about, you know, just that there's no rules at Attila shows, what else did you guys experience? I'm, I want to hear from all you guys, too, because I unfortunately was not able to see you guys on that tour when you guys came through uh, to my town in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, because I was at a different show that night, and I was like, now I'm thinking, damn, I missed out on something awesome. Fuck! <laughs> Dude. Yeah, well, man. I'd I say know. Uh, a lot of, like, crazy things you expect to see, like, people jumping off on the stage and like ripping their tops off and throwing in the crowd and stuff. I think at one point Franz was wearing like the biggest bra I've ever seen on his head. Like, if I, if <laughs> yeah, that's bra, right. Like, yeah. It was crazy. The and, lady that tried to kiss yeah, Franz the, the, and like, he like forearmed her. Like, oh, I'm not going to say anything to me, but she, she was like kind of a little bit on the, she was older. She was older. Yeah. It was like, yeah. wear up and like try to like, you know, face sucker, like, Christian yeah, and he like, like his face and just he like that was a little crazy. So, um, but after that, we had uh, surprisingly some nice wholesome fun with Tala at uh, Six Flags. Yeah, dude, and that right. was definitely one of my favorite memories from that. Tour. Yeah, we, the the friends we made with those guys, like they're such wholesome, nice folks. Especially uh, Justin, like just every time I went up to him. Uh, he, he doesn't usually talk because like he really takes care of his voice. Like in between shows, he might get a little whisper out of him, and he's saving his voice with this like really cool mask contraption. Yeah, he wears uh, a mask all the time, and it's just so sweet. Like I love those guys, and um, can't say yeah. enough good things about Tala. Like if you guys hear this and you guys ever want to go back out, just just you you know how to do it. We it's already a yes. I'm going to have to cut that little piece up and do two things with it. One, send it to Tala to make sure that they know what you guys think of them and that you would love to go back out and tour with them. And also for myself, Please. to bring Tala out of this fucking podcast. Yeah. Yes, dude. They're yeah. so, they're, they're just awesome people, dude. You'd love all of them. Oh, I'm, I'm absolutely sure. Well, the way you guys are speaking about I me, mean, the fact that one thing that stood out was on a day up, you guys went into freaking Six Flags. I yeah, mean, dude, how cool is that? We had the opportunity to go home or go to Six Flags with them, and we went to Six Flags. So yeah, they were that cool. Oh no, I'll say no. Oh man, that is. Sorry, just... our producer came in here. I was like, "What are you guys doing?" <laughs> well, I'll say hi, producer. I don't know what your name is, but hello. How are you? All that good kind Mr. of stuff. Mr. Curtis Martin, Doctor Curtis Martin, Doctor Curtis Martin, Doctor Curtis Martin. 
Well, I'm going to say salutations to Dr. Curtis Martin, but back to what we were talking about. (laughs) I mean, that is just like, that is just insane. It's, you know, you guys are going on this tour. It has a lot more, you know, it's like, you know, a really big tour that you guys are able to go out on. And not only are you guys able to just have all this ridiculous times, have fun, enjoy it, but also stay constantly professional to put on the best shows possible every single night for every single person that's going to see you. And then see Franz wear a bra on his head that makes him look like Kevin Nealon from Little Mickey with the boobs on his head. Yes. <laughs> it's like way taller. He's way taller than you think. Yes. Most Some nights his head was probably touching the ceiling. Yeah, he's like 6'5". Damn. He's like really tall, dude. Give or take. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's super tall. Yeah. Jeez, I mean, that is that that is that is rather large for a lot of people I've met within the rock and metal world where most time like I you know, I run into like a vocalist or whatnot, and it seems like they're always like five ten or lower. And it's like I get a couple that are like at my height was six foot six one, and then like the one or two that are just freakishly taller, and then now there's Franz. Damn I'm like five eight. called him out on that one so going back a little bit into the tour though what was the response from the fans for you guys specifically because of course with Attila being the headliner on that tour I know they were uh, playing one of their albums in full on that run with what was the response that the fans gave you guys every single night when you went out there we think I'd say we we got a lot of love yeah surprising there was there was maybe one or two people that were like you suck no, not literally. Really, not literally. Legit. Maybe one guy literally. Maybe one. Like, this, this isn't heavy enough. But we I were, don't know, man. Uh, they, they would sing along. Yeah, which is yeah. crazy. Uh, First tour, they're already singing along. That's like something you you dream of, you know. And the fact that you know that happened to us. The girl that cried. Oh my yeah. God. When I sang I, I "Shame have, on Me," I yeah. actually have video of a girl crying at the end of uh, "Shame on Me." Yeah, I, I did this thing where I like sat on the edge of the stage and like pulled the crowd into me when I did when we did Shame on Me. And uh there's a video of like I like turn to this girl and I start singing, like because I'm looking at everyone in front of me, like at least one at one one at a time. And I turn and start like singing the song and I'm looking at her and she just starts bawling. And I was like, All right, cool. <laughs> like, yeah, I guess you really like this song. Thank you. Well, I mean at that point. I'll say at that point in time, Shame On Me definitely impacted her in such an emotional way where, I mean, she's probably listened to that song multiple, multiple times and has such an emotional attachment to it that makes her feel a certain way, maybe reminds her of something that maybe is just not the best in her life, but she's trying to move past her, something that she has moved past. And it's just such a powerful thing that when you had that moment where you're bringing everybody together and get to sing it and look it directly at her, she just felt so much emotion, so much connectivity to the band where all she could do was cry at that point out of what might have been just pure emotional joy, you know? I mean, yeah, that's I like way to my put it. personal goal is to like make, I, I want fans to feel like they're not like a typical fan. I want it to feel like, like a, I don't want to be cliche, but like, I want to feel like friends. I, I was going to say family, but I don't want to be Vin Diesel here, but like, <laughs> I want it, I want it to be a little tighter knit. I want people to be okay with coming up and talking to us and hanging out with us. You don't, you know, people don't understand how awkward it is after you play your set and like a few people come up and buy stuff and like you can tell they want to talk to you but they just like walk off and like go stand around and like hope that you come by and talk to them dude just come talk to us like we're seriously bored at that merch table come say something to us because we're going insane we have to stand there the whole show we can't go watch the show with the crowd we got to stand at the merch table and sell stuff. So, like, yeah, come over and talk to us. We want to hear how much you love whatever song. We want to hear everything. 
Oh, that's one thing I love doing too, especially with all the bands I brought on the podcast is at those shows, if I see you guys at the merch table, like I want to go up and talk to you guys. But whenever I always go up and talk, I do end up having that period of time where it's like, okay, this guy's just standing around awkwardly. Like what's going on? Well, it's because there's like 10 other people at the merch table that are wanting yeah. to talk to him. I'm like, you know what? I've had these guys on the podcast. I know I'm going to get my time at some point. It might mean more to these other people. So let them have their time. When it's my turn, I'll go and take that chance. But in the meantime, I'll just sit there, you know, waiting, biding my time. Even if it seems like it's a little bit awkward, just like you got, I'm playing the Jeopardy theme I had every single time, but I'm always yeah. ready to go up and be like, what's up everybody. And then just, ah, 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 you know, yeah. having a good time. Well, we, we try to keep the whole band at the merch table the whole yeah. time for that reason. Cause like if somebody wants to come up and like grab me and talk to me, well, there's three other dudes there, so you can come up and grab one of these guys and talk to them unless it's, like, specifically me you wanted to talk to. Or is, like, somebody wanted Which a shirt signed and then we time. have to like, yeah. rally everyone. Stuff. It's, mainly, it's mainly him. Hey, guys. <laughs> guys, I just want to put this out there. I get it. I'm the singer, and you're, the, <laughs> I, you know, you sing my lyrics and everything. These guys have to play the music I sing to, and if they didn't do that, I wouldn't be a musician. So, like... <laughs> So, like, talk to these guys. They're really important to you, okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, go up and talk to Teddy and tell him just how, like, talk to him about the guitar that he plays and just everything around there. Go up, talk to Keenan and ask him about all the different theories he might have around Nick Cage movies. And then go up yeah. to Ronell and just ask him if he wants a beer or just be like, hey, man, you just want to talk about some stupid shit? And it's like, fuck I, yeah. I, I, and now everyone's rolling. I'd be like, oh. Not not so much the beer, but I'll smoke a joint with you. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> okay, so not the beer, but hey, you want to smoke this shit? Ooh, I'm in. If it's legal, you know. Yeah. Of if it's legal. If it's legal in the area. If if it, if it is high. legal in the area. Who wouldn't want to break the law? Oh yeah, oh, absolutely not. We want to we be as law-abiding. We want to be as law-abiding as possible for the government agent that is currently watching oh, yeah. this. We made yes. good friends with our buddies in Attila by being law-abiding citizens <laughs> all the time. I, I mean, we all know Franz is the most law-abiding citizen ever in the history of ever, so. I, I, I've i never seen him do anything illegal. <laughs> <laughs> Not with my own eyes. I know, genuinely, I've never seen him do anything illegal. He's, he's a chill guy. He's really nice. He's actually really, really nice. A lot of people would not think that. I didn't think that before I met him. I was like, oh, I'm, I'm sure he's like got, gonna like not talk to me and like avoid me because he's like super famous and cool. Not at all. The first time he saw me, he was like, "What's up, dude?" And I was yeah. like, "Oh shit!" He's like, "Talk to me first. So, hey, I'm Josh." He's like, "I know who you are." I was like, "Oh god, he knows who I am." Okay. <laughs> at that point, you might. That was the first time Josh had really felt like the fame is taking over. Franz yeah. knows who I am. <laughs> like, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to hide my address. This is getting serious. <laughs> <laughs> have to blacklist my phone number <laughs> <laughs> you have to get two phones off since like okay this is one for personal stuff and this is one for everybody else we're just leaving it at that oh i wanted to add one last thing because i think it's actually important a lot of people like going back to the talking to the singer thing a lot of people want to talk to the singer because they're like oh he's definitely the guy that wrote the lyrics just putting this out there yes i write lyrics all of us write lyrics though too dial oh, tone too. Dial Tone, the reason why I think Dial Tone was such a good song is because, one, I think each of us minus O'Neill, because you're married, were going through, like, really bad breakups at that time. And we all were on the same level. And we, like, we were able to just bounce ideas off of each other. And everybody was, like, the best lyricist in the room. Mm -hmm. 
like when when we were working on that song so like dial tone shame on me fade fade was teddy and i collaborating lyrics so like none of the songs are just one is it just one person that wrote the lyrics or even all the vocal melodies these guys help with everything that i do because like out of out of like talent as a musician i'm probably the least talented person in this band no. All I, I'm dead. All I can do is sing. Who was bass riff in the in the studio back then? Oh, <laughs> you went bow. I played. Bow. I played open. I like, Whoa. Yeah, <laughs> had a cool bass bass uh, riff, and it just goes bong bong bong. <laughs> Twenty Grammys, brother. So yeah, uh, we're. This is a very. I think the reason why we we always step everything up is because all of us in my opinion, have extremely great taste in music. Uh, we're very smart. And when we, when we play something, we won't keep it for the sake of like, oh, it was really difficult to write this, or I personally like this a lot, so it must stay. When we write, like I said, it's collaborative. And we won't keep something that we don't all unanimously go like, that's dope. And I think like our taste in music, how smart we are and how well we work together is what makes this band like, and our, like, dude, our team, I can't like, we, we probably have the best team like in the scene, to be honest with you. Like these guys work just, if you can find a team that works just as hard as the band you've won, like these guys work just as hard as we do, if not harder sometimes, like hundred percent. Oh yeah. Like the fact so, that you got, so the fact you guys have a team that's like as invested in the band as you guys are, and sometimes will work harder than you guys do just to make sure that you guys have the best music out there possible is a fantastic thing. And when it comes to that collaboration style, that's not something you get from every single band. Cause sometimes it's one person that's writing the lyrics primarily. Sometimes it's one yeah. person that's writing the song primarily. But when you have that collaborative effort, what happens is, you know, all you guys have great taste in music, but it might differ from one person to the next. So you bring in other yeah, ideas. You bring in, we different... all have different tastes. That's the cool part. Yeah. So you're able to bring in certain things where you guys are playing certain songs live and they're heavier. They're more aggressive. They have different variations in vocal tones, different variations in the style. Like, however, you know, your guitarists are going to be different fills on the drums. But then you get something like dial tone where it's more flowing, more melodic, has more of this alt feel to it. And it changes it up. But you get to see the, the quality in the music between both songs, between both styles yeah. to the point where when it comes to catch your breath, it allows you guys to continue to go down the path of wherever you want to go down in terms of what you want to make, how you want to make it, you know, how you want to arrange everything together. You can collaborate in such a way where that chemistry absolutely hits. So where you trust each other to go in certain directions, to try different things and not stay in a certain box and get put into, we can only stay in this small realm of music and that's it. Yeah, no. And that's, that's why we, I don't know. That's why like you can turn on our Spotify and get a song like blood in the water or criminal. And then you can also turn on shame on me or dial tone and show your mom those songs. And yeah. She'll like them. It's all about showing mom, you know, yeah. you know <laughs> we, 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 we want to, we want to bridge a gap. You know, we, we want to bridge the gap between like these mainstream pop guys and like the hardcore slash metal core scene where like, we feel like a lot of, bands have tried to do it but we think there's not a lot of bands that try to do it the way that we're doing it and i'm not throwing hate out there because i love a ton of bands that do what i'm about to say 
but like they usually have a screamer and somebody else in the band sings the screamers the, you know however they scream but the singer they all share the same thing in common and that's like they sing like so freaking high that for a lot of people outside of the scene it's really hard to get into like a Kellen Quinn or like a Pierce the Bill. I'm not throwing shade on those guys at all. I love the fans, but outside of this scene, it, it's very hard for people to get into that. It's really high, intense music. Yeah, you remind me of when I showed my dad Circus Survive. <laughs> yeah, like like Circus Survive. Like, Anthony Green is like amazing. One of the best vocalists I've ever heard. Of my, I think his name is Anthony Green. I think I got that right. But yeah, he's one of the best vocalists I think I've ever heard. But if you show someone who listens to Celine Dion, Circus Survive, they're going to think it's garbage. You know, they're, they're just not, they, they don't have the ear that most people do. So we, we came into this and we were like, we want to do like pop alternative, hardcore, metalcore, like in the metal scene, but we want to try to mesh it. But every there's a lot of bands that do that, man. There's a lot of bands that do that. How do we do it? in a way that's different well first of all we're gonna we're gonna not only sing in choruses and we're not gonna sing as high we're going to bring in a lot more like rhythm and melody from pop than most bands are doing right now and then we're going to tastefully throw in the heavy parts and i think like from our earlier stuff which was basically just metalcore to what we're doing now we have finally, like, I think a lot of it comes to, like, me vocally, like, why we why we were kind of stagnant and stuck in metalcore for a while. Uh, I had to get better and just trust myself that I could sing these pop songs, you know, because I, I had only ever screamed before I got in this band. I had never sang clean before I joined this band. I'd never recorded before I got in this band. I was just in a bunch of local bands screaming my face off, like writing songs in like their mom's garage. So like this was my first step into like the professional realm of music. And it's like probably the best thing that's ever happened to me musically because it's made me grow. Like because there was like a point in the band where like I wasn't even going to be in the band anymore. Oh, yeah. Because like I had just gotten I'd reached a point where I like I thought that I was as good as I needed to be. And I didn't need to be any better. We were making these songs and we were putting them out. And hey, they got picked up on playlists on Spotify. So hey, we're doing good, right? But that was like, that's like such fool's gold. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like you see that and you think like, oh, well, we'll get notoriety from this for sure. No, you there's a ton of bands that do that. So you constantly you have to get better. Oh yeah, there's a there's a million bands out there. I mean, there's how many songs get uploaded to Spotify a day? It's like a million something that get yeah. uploaded a day. So yeah. if if you think about it in that realm, there's so much competition out there. Then you know how many of them get put on playlists, but how many of those that get put on those playlists actually end up making it somewhere and end up saying out? And I have to absolutely commend you on the fact that you know at a certain time you thought, yeah, you know it's good enough, but then all of a sudden it's not good enough, and you have to take that responsibility upon yourself in order to better your skill set, better your ability as a vocalist, or for any of you guys, better your ability as musicians as well, so that the vision that you guys have for Catch Your Breath and where you want to go and what you want to be able to try, you have the ability to do it every step of the way. So you're not missing out on any of these potential ideas. You're not missing out on these potential, you know, 
I, you know, life changing or music changing moments where you create something that is possibly different than what you're used to, but because you have the ability to try, you're able to evoke many different emotions, you're able to evoke different sounds, put different things together, put different influences together on a song and make it absolutely stand out. And on top of that, currently in the scene, the bands that are doing stuff like that, where they're putting in all these different aspects of music from different genres and keeping their core sound at the base of it, but by expanding what they're able to do, expanding their sound, expanding their horizons. They're reaching so many other audiences and connecting with so many other people in so many different ways. I already brought up Bad Omens. Bad Omens is a great example of that with Death of Peace of Mind. Bring Me the Horizon, absolutely doing that as well. All the crazy shit that Falling in Reverse is doing with all the stuff they're throwing in there, it's hitting on so many levels with so many people as well. And all of a sudden, you listen to your... And Day Seeker's another great one as well. I mean, yeah. it, the, the list goes on and on and on. And there's so many bands out there that are doing that. And when you see these tour packages coming together, it's you see bands that are heavier, see bands that are lighter, see bands that are all over the place. But it's all about how these different things blend together and how these moods can be evoked and how the energy flows between these things, which is why you're seeing certain bands go with bands that you or artists that you never thought they would. It's like, yeah. How the hell is that happening? But it absolutely works. Why the hell did movements go on tour with Kubla Khan and Knocked Loose as a pop punk band? Doesn't make sense on paper, but you go and see it play live and it's like, Jesus Christ, this is fucking awesome. I'm trying yeah. to get some other ones up top of my head too. But going from where you guys are saying as well, the ability to you know go and play some of the heavier stuff that you guys did in the past really bring forward that energy can allow you guys to play in so many different realms within a lot of these harder, like, you know, more metalcore, some hardcore bands. But also what you guys have done with dial tone, what you're able to do now is you're able to reach so much, so many more people, invoke so many more emotions and create those songs like you said, you know, the ones that you can show your mom. And now more people get to understand, catch your breath, more people get to understand the core of the sound in a different light. And then they get to go and venture into some of the other stuff you guys have done, get to know that, but have this understanding from the original sound that they heard on some of those different songs and just put it all together to the point where they're going to go to shows to see you guys and feel that emotion once again. And that's just going to keep growing the scene more and more. It's going to grow you guys more and more. And it's going to make your shows go from, you know, what you everyone starts out with playing in front of nobody to the point in time where all of a sudden you're playing in front of 1,000, 2,000 people, or you're going to these festival shows playing in front of 10,000. Yeah. And I mean, like, I guess the coolest goal, we'd probably get like flack for it from like gatekeepers. But like, I, I think a big compliment to this band would be like, being called like a gateway band like that would be fine with me like if dial tone is the gateway that got you into the scene we we did our job like i want i want the scene to be cool again i want kids to be into this metal is dope it's fun it's new it's fresh there's like a, a lot of cool stuff happening uh, i get that like rap and hip-hop is where like the the new gen of music is really happening right now but, like, I'll throw, like, a bone out to MGK, Halsey, people like that who are making, like, yeah, Post Malone, who are making rock, like, cool again. And it's it's making kids, like, that listen to Post Malone hear dial tone and go, wait, that's pretty cool. And then they hear dial tone and they're like, well, I'm going to go check out the rest of their music. They hear the rest of our music. They like it. Now they're into metal. And that's dope to me. That's what I want to do. <laughs> 
And at that point, screw them gatekeepers, because if you guys are going to be able to be a gateway band for a lot of people with the sound that you're able to create, absolutely. I mean, initially, you start out with how many gatekeepers dismissed Bring Me the Horizon, how many gatekeepers dismissed <laughs> bands like Linkin Park. And you take a look at those bands out, and these gatekeepers absolutely love these bands. They absolutely just enamor over them, and anything they do is just like, oh my God, it's the greatest thing ever. Well, when they were doing this up when it first came out, you thought it was, oh, this is weird. This is not what it's supposed to be. And then you just threw it away. No, 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 no. Even yeah. with the stuff that MGK and Halls are doing with, personally, I'm not the fa- I'm not a fan of like the MGK sound, but I yeah. can recognize that, you know, I'll, I'll recognize this. When he came out with this stuff, more kids were starting to get interested in more of the pop punk stuff, some more of the emo stuff. So my hope was, let's see what happens as kids transition, like, okay, over to now we're focused on this pop, hip hop stuff. Now let's see what this more of this pop punk stuff is and see where it goes from there. Then it goes to email. It goes to more of the heavier scene music. Then it might go into metal, metalcore, everything around there. And I mean, I think a good example of that is, you know, how big MGK stuff got on TikTok and see what happened with Bad Omens in 2022 with all of a sudden their album was going well. And then Just Pretend hit it big on TikTok a month before their tour started at the end of 2022. And then that thing, whole entire thing sold out before it even started. Like it's uh, just, here's a good it question. opens up so many great things for it. Here's a good question. Without MGK switching to pop punk and it blowing up, and like you said, I'm not really a fan of the music, but without MGK blowing up, do you think that there would have been a When We Were Young festival? Absolutely not. What do you guys think? Do you guys still think no. there would have been a festival, or do you think it would have not happened? I, I think it still, it still would have happened. You think it still would have happened? 100%. The okay. headliners just would have sold tickets by themselves. Here's a, here's, I'll say I agree with what you're saying, Teddy, but here's where I look at it. Where those headliners came in, they absolutely would have sold tickets, but... With what MGK had done, especially with Tickets to My Downfall, bringing that to life, because when we were young, that got announced January of 2022. I think Tickets to My Downfall came out maybe September 2020, so his second album did not come out until after the initial announcement when we were young. The thing was, even though we had the MCR one like one reunion show before the pandemic shut everything down, the, the nostalgia factor that it brought back a lot of people to that pop punk sound, to that emo sound, was kicked off by the prominence of MGK in media. So because that nostalgia got kicked off, more people were talking about it. It absolutely was one of the, I believe one of the catalysts for starting when we were young. Now, had it not been the catalyst and when we were young got announced, do I think it would have been as successful as it would have been? Given how big, you know, My Chemical Romance, Paramore, Bring Me the Horizon, absolutely the people would have gone to it and it would have sold out. But would it have actually happened though had that nostalgia factor and that prominence and focus from national media been kicked in because MGK didn't do it? I don't know. I don't think so though. Yeah, it's hard to say. Like, but I really think that I, I really think MGK did did the rock scene a huge favor. I know he kind of came in on like shitty terms because like he got destroyed by Eminem and it was like, <laughs> I'm gonna switch genres, which is exactly what everyone said he was gonna do. <laughs> and, and he did. But like, hey, it worked. And I mean, it's it's done a lot. It's done a lot for this genre. And especially like going back to like people like A Day to Remember playing a song with Marshmallow. That's huge. Like Bring Me the Horizon reaching out and playing with Baby Metal. Like they sell out arenas. Like this is all great. And it also inspired us to do something outside of the box. And I can't wait till you guys see what we did. on uh, we, we tracked. Uh, what what is it? Three of the songs for this album back in June, June in the summertime. 
right several months so ago. we've been we've been tracking songs for this album since june uh but life and time you know okay. you can't get into the studio for a month at a time all the time it's you got to find your spots and get in there uh but we 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 worked with someone there will be a feature but i can't say like what it is but it's going to be lit can't wait so now you're saying there's going to be a lit feature and the and the thing you brought up that led to that was the bring me the horizon baby metal collaboration on kingslayer from posthuman survival horror which it was more all the features that i'm mind. starting to see like people reaching out and saying like we don't necessarily want to work with like another person from our genre we want to go way out here and pick somebody out there mm-hmm. you know no one would really see maybe you would see it maybe not but it's it's definitely not like it's not another michael Barr feature i can tell you that yeah not another um, metal core feature it's not a metal artist yeah See now that That's gets all you're kidding though. I'll I'll say I don't I mean I know you guys can't say anymore, so I don't want you to give me any more, but right now in my head, my mind is running is what the hell did you guys pull off with this? Who did you bring in? Is it someone from the pop world? Is it someone from the hip hop rap world? Is it someone that's from a different area in rock, maybe alt-rock? You never really know what you guys might be able to come up with because your sound can vary from one spot one song to the next on a nice, you know, parameter to the point where it could be heavy. It could be more like Dial Zone. I have no idea what to expect. All I'm waiting for is, what the hell is going to happen when this thing drops? <laughs> hopefully insanity. Yeah. Like, hopefully it's as insane as, like, when Dial Tone dropped and how big that got. And that is something I definitely want to jump into as well because that was something where all of a sudden, that's where I got to know more of you guys and know more of the band and actually really got to find out about you guys is because I kept hearing Dial Tone like in between sets for every single show I was going to, it was like, okay, this song, like it's definitely, it's catchy. It's good. It's got a great vibe to it, but why do I keep hearing it? And what band is this? What song is this? It took me a while to find out about it. And then all of a sudden I found out about it. I'm like, oh shit, here we fucking go. So what was it like releasing dial tone? And then what was it like seeing it get as big as it ended up getting, especially peaking number 13 on octane and coming in at number 29 on the big guns list to end the year. We knew, yeah. I we mean, knew when we when we made the song, like right. You guys all agree with that? Like we yeah, knew no, when we made Dial Tone, like 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 because we're so active in the scene, uh, and we pay attention. We like music is our lives. All of us here, music is our lives. Like we are in this shit. <laughs> like, and uh, we knew when we made Dial Tone that like we had something different. Pre- yeah, different. It was special. It was like yes. This is what we were talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, and w- w- now we're taking that idea and building off of that. Uh, but when we made it, when we were getting ready to release it, we knew it. Our team knew it. Uh, <clears throat> before it was released, I think that's when we started talking to labels. Is like when we were still in like the pre-release. Yeah, we had some reach outs before we released Style Tone. And uh, that was that was based off, of, I think, shame on me though. Yeah, it was based on shame on me. But and then yeah, they wanted to release style tone. We uh we we did we we formed a relationship with Sirius through Shame on Me, and we I think we sent it over to Vinny, and Vinny heard dial tone, and Vinny was like, "Yeah, you guys are releasing this on Octane. <laughs> you don't have a choice. You're releasing it on Octane. We're gonna do a world premiere for you." And that was like. When he said, like, we're going to do a world premiere on Octane for you guys, um, 
that was when I was like, oh shit, like, like we knew it was going to be a good song, but like we thought like editorials, you know, like lots of views on YouTube and maybe some label attention, but we didn't think that the song was going to go like, for the lack of better words, I guess viral, you know, like we didn't, I don't think any, anybody who makes anything like that, and that's been doing it for years, you know, thinks like, this is going to be it. Like this is big break. Cause every song that you make, you hope is going to be the song that like, like when we released shame on me, like we were sure like, Oh, this is it guys. <laughs> like this is going to be the one. And we got, we got some good notoriety for that song. I won't sneeze at the feedback we got from it. Cause seems to me like a lot of people like it. Some people don't like the music video, but I like it. Okay. <laughs> uh, but dial tone, like I said, when we made that, we knew it was it was it wasn't just a step up from shame on me. It was like we're in a whole different league now. And uh, after releasing it, it was out for a little while, and we were getting great feedback on it. Everybody that had heard it loved it. I had never heard a negative thing about dial tone. And then uh, TikTok started popping off. Uh, we got with Thriller. We signed a Thriller. And then, like, literally, I think the day that we were signing is when it, like, started blowing up on TikTok was, like, that day. Fun fact. Yeah. The day that we signed, it was my birthday. Yeah, so we signed on O'Neill's birthday. The greatest birthday after that present ever. <laughs> Which was cool, because oh. I think I can say this now. Uh, they In Vogue was going to sign us at first. Yeah, in Vogue is thriller. They're yeah, it merch. is. It's their sister mm -hmm. label. Uh, but I guess... Some great things happened, and they were like, hey, never mind. I'm going to put you on Thriller. And that was the next moment that I was like, geez, all right, maybe this maybe <laughs> this is something, something. Like, okay. I, I, it's, it's weird. It's not like I have, like, I don't know, imposter syndrome. I almost said Stockholm syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to. No, uh, it's not like I have imposter syndrome. It's just, like, it happens so fast that it's you're not done reacting from the last thing before like the next thing happens and yeah that's for sure man yeah. it's, it's processing everything it, it, it eventually gets to the point where you're just like yeah oh cool <laughs> you know like either you've run out of like things to say you're just like in a constant state of like i appreciate where i am i'm happy about where i am but like, it's also very it's it's pinch me yeah <laughs> yeah it, you, you're I don't think anybody out there would like be living their dream that they saw themselves doing since they were like, however old, you know, your dream can spark up at any age, you know, you can have a dream, um, but actually getting to live it out. It's like weird. It's just the beginning, you know, like, cause we, we all worked like nine to fives. So like now we don't, <laughs> and we're here in the studio for a month just making music like what else what else are we doing going to the gym oh yeah <laughs> and grass is in shape. i play a lot of arc uh yeah <laughs> like it feels weird you know it feels you feel like you should be doing something but you're doing it and we worked very hard for a very long time to be where we are and i think we all deserve it and I think we're all, we all appreciate it a lot. And it, while it is very nerve wracking and it can seem like it's demanding, it's not. Uh, it's just, 
excitement mixed with like newness you know we're we're a baby band we we just started doing this so everything is new everything is exciting everything is fast and well well like i said it might create a little bit of nervousness sometimes the majority of the time dude we're on cloud nine yeah absolutely I'll say it's the fact you guys are able just to lean into this and just really feed off of that energy and just be as appreciative of the spot that you're in. And then with Dial Tone, just how that whole entire thing happened from you make the song, you put it out, you're, you're putting out this couple things like, okay, he's shopping around a little bit. And Sirius X Moctane says, fuck it, we're doing a world premiere. And then all of a sudden now you're getting signed to a, signed to a record label. This thing is popping off on TikTok. This thing is becoming one of the biggest songs from 2022 within all of rock and metal. And you guys now don't have to have daytime jobs anymore. You don't have to work nine to fives. You can do everything you want to do with Catch Your Breath to the fullest extent. And all your, and you know, when it comes to your financial needs, your, your stuff is set because you don't need to have that nine to five anymore. It allows you guys to be in such a headspace of not only just like sincerity and thankfulness of the position that you are now, which you are showing, but also allows you to just fully focus on this even more so than you may yeah. have been in the past. Yeah. Because now you don't got to worry about a nine to five. You don't have to worry about making sure you're at work at this time, making sure that when it comes to studio time, you have to have it. Okay. We get three days here and then two days here, like three weeks later, because that's just how the schedules line up. When it comes to touring, it allows you guys to say, fuck it. I want to go. We're going to go on tour. Now we're going to get this offer. Let's take this one because we are able to, and this might be the best offer that we've had yet. I have to put in there and say yet, because there is no way in hell that you guys are not going to be getting bigger offers as we go <laughs> through 2023, especially with the fact that dial tone popped up, especially with the fact that TikTok really took to it, especially with the fact you guys are coming and working on a brand new album and the sign of thrill records. I'm like, my God, everything is just rolling for you guys at this moment. It is just rolling and it just will not stop. And don't let that momentum stop. Just keep it going. It's busy. Yeah, we're doing interviews. Oh, okay. <laughs> You're, good. You're good. You're good. Hello. <laughs> Where were we? Touring. 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 Yeah, there's a lot of touring plans in the future for next year. Yeah. Hundred um, percent. We've uh, we've been we've been talking about it. They're trying to the label is trying to work some magic. Yeah. Uh, they're talking about us and two other bands that will remain unannounced for now, just in case it doesn't happen. I don't want to get anybody's hopes up, and, you know, you know, go down that rabbit hole. Yeah. Hello, guys. How you doing? Hey, what's up, yeah, man? How you doing? Good, man. I'm fishing, man. I'm Josh. Fishing. Nice to meet you. Oh, no. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Nice to yeah, we're kind of just chilling out in the lobby. At, uh, yeah, yeah, I know. I'm not that, but you guys are just like you know, very, very popular. Clearly, to the point where everyone's coming saying hi and bye to you. So, totally understandable. I totally get it. It's actually kind of cool, though. Not gonna lie. Hey, check. Hold on here. Here, hold on. Let me see if we can. Can we? Can we flip it? Yeah, we can flip it. Oh, hot damn! Here's the the lobby that we're sitting in right now. That is a signed Green Bay Packers helmet by Brett Favre, by the way. Show him the rock. And then uh, (laughs) we've got You're Always Safe with Dwayne. (laughs) You got to put that thing in the kitchen so I can smell what he's cooking. Yeah. We got, we got, we got got some, I don't know what, I don't know what that is, but that looks cool, right? (laughs) And I told you. Signed by Brett Brett Favre. Another Brett Favre signed hat. I guess they like the Green Bay Packers. Or they just like Brett Favre, one of the two. Yeah, it's either Brett Favre or the Packers. I don't know. 
I don't know. It's really hard not to like Brett Favre. I mean, there's all the shit that's going out there now, but I'm just talking about his playing career and his playing style before all the weird Mississippi welfare shit. Like everyone was like, okay, Brett Favre is funny as shit. Like we love in this. Yeah. Except for like the, the dick pic thing, but like other than that, other than I, that, <laughs> no, he was in the news. Uh, I want to say like a year or two ago for like sexual misconduct again. And I was like, bro, this- I think that I think that got proven to be a false accusation. I'm not 100% sure, though. I know the whole thing now is, like, some weird, like, welfare fraud thing. I haven't really been following much of it, though, but I know there's something else going on now. I stayed out of it. I My my sports days are over anyways. I, I switched over to music. And, and, and when it's switching over to music, I mean, clearly look at where it's led you guys to the point where, as we were just talking about when it comes to touring in 2023, you guys are getting offers to go on some, what I'm hoping is some bigger tours to the point where knowing some of the venues guys played with the Attila tour, I'm hoping that all of a sudden you guys are going to be able to go out on tour and consistently being playing in front of, you know, at the bare minimum. And I'm talking bare minimum thousand people a night. Well, you want to meet our producer? Yeah, come in here. Come here, Curtis. Come here. This is the man behind the magic right here. Dr. Curtis, the man behind the magic. What's up, Curtis? How's it going, bud? Good, man. How are you? We're just working on some new stuff. You're just you're just in the lab, just you know, putting everything together, being the doctor and creating some of the best music we're gonna hear in 2023. That's exactly what we're doing right now. That's what I'm hoping to hear. That's what I gotta hear, man. I mean, now that is fucking awesome because I mean, just hearing what Catch Your Breath had put together for 2020. What you guys put together with Dial Tone. Holy shit, there's so much possibility for this band. And we're already talking a little bit, you know, teasing a little bit of this new album with a feature that I've got no idea what it is, but I'm all gassed up for it right now. I'm like, my God, when can this thing get released? I got to hear this now. <laughs> all right, send him everything. Yeah. Send him everything. Yeah! <laughs> I like this guy. Give him everything we got. <laughs> No, it's gonna be the best album of twenty twenty three. I promise you that. I mean, I'm calling it right now. I am that, pretty that, here. Yeah. That yeah, is he a, said about Dialtown. So I said Dialtown would put this band on the map, and I was fucking right. He was right. Yeah, was. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, he's absolutely right to the point where, again, before Dialtones comes out, I mean, Dialtone comes out. There's stuff that's going on. You guys are getting some notoriety, but uh, like I said, when Dialtone hit, Octane really went crazy on it. You guys end up on twenty nine, the Big Guns countdown, and for myself. The amount of times, again, I heard this song in between sets at shows was just, it was it was a consistent thing. You'd hear it at least one or two times a night, at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. yeah, it crushed it, man. Definitely really proud of our work on that one. Mm-hmm. This is our boy right here, though. Yeah, our main boy. squeeze. Yeah, you so guys have working on it now is crazy. Yeah. Um, have you been jamming it for them back there? Oh, yeah. Dude. Yeah. We're going crazy yeah. right now. We're almost done with the beginning. You got to come scream, though. Okay. Okay. Whenever you're done. <laughs> We finish I up that. You have to, he has to go scream. I gotta go lay some screamies after this. He's gotta go lay some screamies after this. Hey, doctor's orders, man. You gotta make sure that this album <laughs> yeah, be the yeah. best album of 2023. I feel like there's gonna be some good competition in there for you guys to get there. However, you guys are in such a great spot to the point where taking a look at what's going on with Thriller Records with none of the notoriety they're getting, but also the roster that they're building up with you guys behind there as well, with Bob Becker being one behind the magic, you know, Mm -hmm. Fearless Records founder as well. There's a lot of possibility there for you guys to not only make this record the best possible. I mean, the doctor just said that that's what was happening. So I can't say no to that. On top of that, the notoriety that you guys have had already with Dial Tone, the continuing build for this band, and the more you guys are able to go on the road and show people your music, show people who you are in front of everybody, and just make those moments happen for people to where 
you're able to sit on stage, bring the crowd closer together, and give those moments people once again where you get to sing right in front of them and have them just come out with all the emotion, start crying, just like feeling. It's like, yeah, you've definitely made a connection. You definitely made a moment there for someone that they're going to remember the rest of their life. That's just going to end up continuing to build up the notoriety of the band, build up the influence of the band to the point where when that album releases, shit. I'm going to see it all. It's going to, it's going to, it could possibly be, it could possibly be what death of peace of mind was in terms of impact for you guys. Dude, I hope, I hope so. I hope every band, I hope spirit box, bad omens, day seeker, a day to remember. I hope everybody releases their fucking best album of their careers next year. I, I, I don't, our success the scene success is our success. The bigger the scene is, the more successful we are. The more successful we are, the bigger the scene is. It, like, dude, I want all of us to be successful. Uh, I know you said competition. It is. It's friendly competition. Yeah. Uh, I don't see it like I don't see it as competing though. I want all of us to win. I want all of us to eat because if everyone is releasing great music, more kids are coming to the shows, and the more kids that come to the shows, the more kids we can reach. And the better off you're going to be. And it's it's just, yeah, it's a win-win for everybody. So I hope MGK puts out a rock album. And Halsey does a does like a, a, a rock album. And I hope all of these bands like make platinum albums next year. I, I want everyone to do famously because I want the same thing for us. Yeah, and, and this competition is friendly competition. Not to gain like more of the market share when it comes to the fans that are there right now. It's yeah. a friendly competition to bring more fans in. And it's like, oh, you brought like in your like in your, in your most recent run, you brought a thousand more fans into the scene, but that band brought ten thousand more fans in the scene. Guess what? You guys together brought eleven thousand more fans into the scene. How cool is that? Yeah, that's and then awesome. those fans are gonna cross over and go all these different bands and check them out. Next thing you know, we're gonna get back to that point where with rock and metal being you know the most prominent genre in the 70s, 80s, and going to the 90s as well, we could potentially bring that back. Like yeah, it's like the early the twenty thousands emo scene, man. Do you remember yeah. those shows? The Sum Forty One, My Chemical Romance concerts, like from way back when. Those concerts were insane, dude. Like Sum Forty One playing at the Mad- Madison Square and stuff. Like that's what what band in the genre right now would play at Madison Square Garden? Bring me, bring me, yeah, bring me, bring me, bring me the only one. Not even bring me. No, for sure, bring me. I've have, seen, they been in, have they played it? No. I'm not sure if they played Madison Square Garden, but when I saw Bring Me the, the, a play this year in the United States when I was uh, down in Chicago for that show, they did play in an arena. So. They did? Yep. Yeah. I see Madison Square. That's just like, you know, there's not very many bands. If, if there's only one band you can think of in the entire genre that would play Madison Square Garden, the, the genre is not doing too well. <laughs> it's not like, and we as a collective genre, in, in the metal scene and the alternative scene, we have to step it up. We, we have to modernize our sound. We have been stuck in the 20 teens since the 20 teens or the early 2000s, even uh, 2010s. And guys, you got to modernize it. It's adapt or die. Like it's time. It's like put up or shut up time for this scene. And I think a lot of bands are putting us in a really great spot to take what they did and build off of it. So the bad omens, the spirit box, the day seekers, the a day to remembers, the even the fit for a kings, you know, mm-hmm. they're doing crazy stuff. Take what they're doing, build off of it. Don't go back to 20, you know, 2015, 2010, 2008, 
and try to make it cool again because you're not. It's not going to happen. We've heard it all. The reason it's not around anymore is because we've, we're tired of it. That's the old sound. So it's nostalgic now. It's nostalgic. It's vintage. And that's why people go back and listen to Led Zeppelin and stuff now. But like, there's a reason that only Greta Van Fleet has worked out. <laughs> like, there's a reason that that's the only band like that, that's been signed recently is because like we've the, the best bands to do that music have happened. They have happened. Their time has come and gone. It was great. They, they made their money. They made their fans. They touched people all over the world. Now it's time. Yeah, no. Yeah, emotionally. emotionally. Emotionally, they touch people. All right? Don't run with that. <laughs> uh, but, like, you know, it, I think Eminem said it once. He said, uh, you just got to admit when it's at its end. You have to admit, like, when your time is run, if you no longer want to adapt, if you don't like the new music coming out, you don't have to keep making it. It's Call it quits, you know, because if you don't adapt, you will die or you will get swallowed up so much that it costs you more money to make the music you want to put out than you make. And then you just end up getting in debt and then you get resentful and you have to pick up a job and stuff. You have to go back to normal life. You know what I'm saying? Like, so the biggest advice is adapt or die. And I'm speaking to like all the bands out there in our genre, adapt or die guys. Like it's, it's like put up or shut up because like rap and hip hop, trap metal, the new pop, it's going to take the rock scene and run with it if we don't do something about it. Like we're going to rock is going to fall off the map. Like it did there for a few years at the end of the 20, 20, 20 teens, mm-hmm. which it did. Like, let's be honest, rock completely fell off. Nobody was listening to rock. And I wasn't listening to rock in the 20 teens. I was like, maybe too close to touch was like the only band that I was listening to at the time. Cause I thought that they were like taking risks with their music. Uh, and they were, they were not trying to put out the same stuff that they'd been putting out in the 20 teens or like haven't been myself was a great album. It wouldn't have been a great album in 2020 though. It was a great album in 2017, but three years had happened since that album and they had to change. And like, they came out with uh, what I'm, I'm hard to love, but so are you. And like, they took a step out of like the metal scene and took a step into the pop alternative scene. They got a lot of flash, like flack for it. But I thought, that they were onto something. And then now you hear bands like bad omens where Noah's getting up there saying, Hey, too close to touch was my favorite band. And they formed the way that I sing now and the way that I write songs now. So like they might, they might not have been the most famous band, but like they were a band that was actually modernizing and trying to change their sound and do something different and new. You're good. You can go ahead. Sorry. You're good. It's fine. We're in the lobby. So <laughs> they're kind of in there. Really yeah, don't worry. It's all good. But, what you said was absolutely makes sense. You know, the adapt or die mentality. And when it comes to what you guys are doing with your mentality, with your music, you are, you have so many different influences. You have so many different ideas and you have the want to do stuff. So you're willing to adapt and try many different things that are going to work in order to bring your sound and bring your vision to light. Like some of these other bands that are doing it right now. I mean, Bad Omens, Bring the Horizon, uh, Dayseeker. I, look at even Lorna Shore bringing Deathcore yeah, in the foray. Like their style is, it's heavy as hell, but what they do, it connects in a certain way and fantastic. And people that's get into death core, like, are you too. fucking kidding me? This is great. That's the other side too, is I think bands like Lorna Shore and even Spirit Box are bringing in like black metal fans and like mm-hmm. death metal fans to like core genres, which before, I don't know if you know anything about those scenes, core genres were like, no, 
We don't touch core genres. If it has core in it, that is not metal. That's false. It's breakdown after breakdown. Now look at them listening to Lorna Shore. <laughs> Listen to Lorna Shore. Listen to the, the breakdown into the Hellfire and just hearing Will Ramos go pig squeal and think this is fucking awesome, which it is. Yeah, dude. And it was like stuff like five, ten years ago. Never would have never mm-hmm. happened ever. And even like even bands like. I don't let me go really underground like Rose Funeral. A black metal fan would never listen to Rose Funeral because they had breakdowns and like I don't know, they didn't blast beat the whole song. I'm not hating on black metal, mm-hmm. but but like there's a there was a lot there you can't say there's not a lot of gatekeeping within that community and there is. But like Lorna Shore, Spirit Box, heavier bands like that are really starting to pull those guys in and make them go like, okay, you know, maybe these core genres aren't so bad. Maybe they get in from listening to Lorna Shore and then they're like, okay, Betraying the Martyrs, that's a cool band. Or, you know, like Whitechapel, I really like this too. And they'll start branching out into the core genres. And then, you know, maybe they have kids. Their kids grow up listening to the core genres and their kids are like, well, I like this metalcore stuff too. And like this post-hardcore stuff, you know? You see how it all like ends up pulling everybody into the same fan base. And that's like, that should be the idea. There shouldn't be like elite elitism in the music industry. There's no room for it. There's no room for gatekeeping. There's no room for like, honestly, I hate to say nostalgia. There's really no room for nostalgia in new music because you have to keep Uh. progressing. Okay, I was wondering where you were gonna go there, but when you said no room for nostalgia, new music, now that makes that that makes a hundred percent sense. I can easily see where you're coming from there. Yeah, I mean, and you can always pull something from older music, like something that they did, like a little trick here or there or that, but you don't ever want to make a sound that sounds like two thousand and eight. Like you don't ever want to make a song that sounds like that. If you make a song that sounds like two thousand and eight, well great. You just made a song that sounds like two thousand and eight and maybe people who like music that sounds like that will listen to it, but that's a really small demographic. <laughs> you might want to like try to reach a broader audience, but it's art and make what you like. It just understand that if you're making what you like and it's not as popular as Billie Eilish, well, you, you made that, you made that decision when you were like, no, I want to make music that sounds 20, 30 years old. Well, Billie Eilish makes stuff that sounds brand new all the time. And like, she does stuff that's nostalgic feeling in her music but she does it in a new way Mm -hmm. so figure out how to do that if you want to do the nostalgic stuff figure out how to do it in a new way you can't just do it the old way (laughs) you know like that's what i'm trying to say when there's like no room for nostalgia when you're making new music oh absolutely understand that and this is something that just kind of stood out to me from just the past like 10 15 minutes from this podcast and this is something that i've always been curious about but now i'm starting to open up different ideas in my mind. I'm starting to see it a lot more clearly. And it's about when it comes to these bands that are, that seem like, okay, they seem like they're one step ahead of everybody. Why is it all of a sudden that these certain bands are able to create these sounds that end up being the big sounds for the next like two to three years? Why they don't is it- the rock? 
I was to say, why is this the case? But you brought it up perfectly. It's that adapt or die mentality, but it's also the fo- the ability to understand, you know, when it comes to certain aspects, you might be able to pull in from influences. You don't want to pull too many of them in, the, as many in there as you may want, because you don't want to create a song that sounds like it came out from the emo scene in 2006, because yeah, it's going to be nostalgic. It's going to bring back certain memories, but it's not going to hit because it didn't come out in 2006. It came yep. out in 2023. It's, about again adapting creating something that is your own understanding where that can come from to add to your core sound but how to pr- bring it out so it sounds fresh so it sounds so that you create something that people are going to say oh shit this is fresh for now they listen to it and then it becomes encapsulated kind of in that time frame as like a time yeah. capsule for people to listen to and go back to and remember the exact emotions the exact time frame of when they first heard the song when it was most proud to when it came out everything around there it starts to add so much more of this understanding to why when these bands they try new things when they adapt why they end up becoming those bigger fans and why they become why they make those songs end up hitting like that what you had just talked about sparked more like mindset and just ideas into my head holy shit like i'm getting a further understanding of some of this stuff even more now I i think it goes deeper than that i think it's the reason why a lot of bands don't scream a lot anymore like metal bands like bands that were like Bad Omens, their first album was like a hardcore album, mm-hmm. you know, like it was straight metalcore, hardcore. And I think part of the adaptability is realizing that like extreme vocals are cool, but a whole song of nothing but extreme vocals, the same chorus, then extreme vocals, the same chorus, a breakdown, and then a chorus again, you know, in every single song, it's like that. It got old. There's only so much you can do with screaming through the whole song that would make it sound unique. That's why, like, these deathcore vocalists that are doing, like, like crazy shit, that's why it's so popular is because it's different. It's new. They've heard Phil Bosman for 20 years now. We get it. He's a great vocalist. We've heard it for so long. We're not saying he's not great. We're not saying Whitechapel isn't a great band, but we're saying... We want something that sounds different. We want a different voice. We want a different face. We want something new and fresh. So a lot of bands have looked at screaming and said, like, there's only so much we can do with that. And we need to save it to be tasteful mm-hmm. for like when the moment calls for extreme vocals. Then we'll do extreme vocals. We're not going to do extreme vocals for the sake of extreme vocals, though. And the first band I heard that from was Avenged Sevenfold, M Shadows. So the reason M Shadows doesn't scream anymore is because it's like it's super easy to just throw a scream over something and move on. But it's a lot more challenging and a lot more interesting to the listener if you look at it, if we try to find a way to create melody in this situation and like the chaos of a song to create a clean vocal that is more interesting than if we were to scream over it. And that's something that Bad Omens has done. That's something that Dayseeker has done. That's something a day to remember has done. That's something spirit. Bo- uh, I think I said spirit box. Day- no, I, no spirit box has done mm-hmm. that. Um, I could go with like day shell. He's oh, even, yeah. uh, a lot of these guys are stepping back and saying like, okay, everyone knows I can scream. They, they like pitch screams, which is why day seeker didn't do a whole lot of pitch screams on their new album is because pitch screams are so much less accessible to like a wide variety of fans than you would think like pitch vocals to us is like a pretty scream it's got a note behind it but to someone who has never listened to metalcore before 
that's like Lincoln Park, Chester Bennington going, you know, (laughs) you know, that's, that's what a pitch scream is to people. It's like intense. So bands have said, okay, we need to stop trying to be intense and we need to just allow it. You need to allow those things to happen. And I I will say this real quick. Um, The device we're using to do this call, this uh, call on is at 10% 10 minutes ago. So it might die anytime soon. We love you though. Alrighty. Well, how about this? Because there is so much you guys said there and holy shit was there. I mean, I'm just blown away by this so we can do this. As we bring this podcast to exclusion, I would like to give my guest, which is you guys in this instance, a chance to say whatever you want to say, plug whatever you want to plug, promote whatever promote. So, gentlemen from Catch Your Breath, the floor is yours. Yeah. Um, check out our merch store. Yes. <laughs> CatchYourBreathBand.com. That's how we get to afford everything we do. Yeah, please, <laughs> merch is the biggest thing any person can do to support an artist, to be honest. Um, and follow us on Spotify, on Instagram like follow the socials that would help you stay connected go go shout out to a thriller blow them up and tell them thank you so much for signing catch your breath a big shout out to our manager dave bethel big shout out to curtis um uh shout out to all the bands we talked about tonight especially tala we miss you guys call us shout out to mom and dad hi mom mom. love you Dad, dad love you my wife yeah my kiddo my girl love you guys Perfect way to shout out. Now it's time for you to close out this podcast with three things. So first things first, when it comes to Catch Your Breath, yes, they're going to be going on the road at some point in 2023. You're going to want to catch them. They're working on their first album now. So when it drops, you want to be ready for it. And when that song with that crazy feature drops, you're going to want to be ready for it right away. So what you're going to want to do, follow them all the socials. You're going to want to be able to follow them on all streaming platforms. Everyone is your favorite. You want to subscribe to them on YouTube. And you're going to want to be able to you know, go to their website, buy some merch, and be able to get concert tickets when those tours go live. So instead of having to search all that stuff up yourself, description of the podcast, find Catch Your Breath online, links for everything and labels for it. So all you got to do is click, go, click like, click share, click subscribe, click follow, click buy some merch, click get ready for more shit because you're not going to want to miss out on Catch Your Breath in 2023. Trust me on that. Now it's time for number two. So gentlemen, whatever guests in the podcast I enjoy having on the podcast, I tend to make a certain promise as a way to say thank you for being on the podcast and I would like to continue to support the band in the future absolutely you guys hit on this promise and you guys are keeping this rolling so my promise is a when it starts with a when when i get to see you guys perform live for the first time when it happens my promise to you is this and that is first rounds on me so i will nice. come to the i will come to the merch table i'm not just oh, gonna yeah. get one of you i'm gonna get all of you and be like okay remember first rounds on me what you want what you want what you want what you want let's do it Hell all yeah. right that's Hell nice yeah. i like that i forward to it buddy Absolutely. And as we bring this podcast conclusion, I cannot in all good conscience say goodbye because one, I got to keep my promise to you guys. Two, this podcast was fucking awesome. And three, I got to bring you guys back on the podcast again, most likely when that album is ready to drop, because I want to talk all about it with you guys. If you're, if you're willing to come back on, because this was too cool. Anytime you want us, we'll be here. Fuck yeah. So gentlemen, this is not goodbye. This is, I'll see you later. See you next time, Uh, bud. Thank you. Well, well, folks, that was my interview with the guys from Catch Your Breath. Once again, I want to give a big thanks to Josh, Teddy, Keenan, and O'Neill for being on the podcast. If you guys want to find Catch Your Breath, scratch that. 
You guys want to find catch your breath, right? You want to make sure that you're following them on social media so you know when all this new stuff is going to drop. You're going to want to follow them and know where their website is so you can get some merch from them as well and help support them. And you want to know where you can stream other music, you know, on those streaming services because when they try music, you're going to want to stream it. You're going to want to buy it. You're going to want to listen. You're going to want to download it. You want to do all this stuff. So how do you do that in the most efficient way? Go to the description of the podcast, say find Catch Your Breath online. Links and labels for everything is down there for you to click. And while you're down there, make sure you follow along with us on the Court Progression Podcast. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok for your viewing pleasure. We also have the podcast where you can watch it on YouTube. So subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can subscribe to where our podcast is, Audio Cell, Spotify, our Podcast, iHeartRadio, Amazon, and many other places. Thanks to Britain Media. I want to thank, shout out Noah for that one. If you're subscribed to the podcast already or just subscribing now, gigantic 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 thank you to you as well because i want to thank you for supporting the podcast supporting my passion my dream and what i want to do for the rest of my life as well if you're like no i don't want to subscribe please reconsider if not thank you for stopping by anyway appreciate you're always welcome back also want to thank our sponsor for the podcast phoenix fitness swipe up and free shipping not free shipping just 20 percent off my bad i'm saying free shipping from the manscape stuff 20 percent off your entire order using the code cpp20 at fnxfit.com link description of the podcast thank you once again guys from catch your breath for being on the podcast i will also give a shout out to tabitha from thriller records for helping set this up as well big thank you to her big thank you to thriller records big thank you guys from catch your breath and i want to close up by saying this with catch your breath their mindset is the mindset you need in rock and metal today their mindset of adapt or die and understanding like why you know nostalgia is not a thing to hang your hat on in terms of creating music for today when it comes to influences how to make a, like that sound sound fresh and sound new and sound vibrant their mindset is there their mindset is the same mindset that Lorna Shore has that Spearbox has that got Spearbox going in 2021 Lorna Shore for 2021 and 2022 the same mindset that got Bad Omens to blow up in 2022 the same mindset that has Days here blowing up the same mindset that has Bring Me the Horizon continuing to innovate and grow every step of the way. These guys have that mindset. These guys have that idea. So in the end, you're going to want to get on the Catch Your Breath train because Catch Your Breath could be that band in 2023. That Bad Omens was in 2022. That Spirit Box was in 2021. This could. This is the band that you're going to want to be a part of and check out and follow along with. So that's going to be that. And that's going to be for me, today, guys. Thank you for watching and listening to the Chord Progression Podcast. My name is Kevin. And you guys know how I end every single one of these episodes. The big, healthy, and hearty. See ya! Yeah!